Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Welcome to the Mississippi Minute, a marathon. Yes. I'm Steve Azar coming to you from the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio as always. Don't forget, once we get through these trying times, folks, all you got to do is go to visitmississippi.org to plan your next Mississippi getaway. There's so many cool things we have to offer on this hallowed ground in Mississippi. I'm excited about today's guest, a man every once in a while I actually get to break the guitar out with and jam for a spell. But his brilliance is in his day job as a financial guru and understanding how to help money make money, make money, make money. If there was a fourth wise man, he could have been it. He's responsible and has earned the trust of his clients. The numbers we're talking about are in the hundreds of billions of dollars. While that's mind-blowing to me, it's the size of his heart and his need of giving, giving, giving back that really blows my mind. It's golfers against cancer that really allows you to get to know the man better. Uh, we met back in Houston, Texas. It was at their Coppers Against Ca- Cancer charity event. I was asked to write and record a theme song by a mutual friend. The money raised by the Golfers Against Cancer organizations now around the country impact cancer research. Its impact, guys, I'm telling you, is unparalleled. The success stories can leave you with hope and tears of joy. As the lives they have saved and the families impacted so positively says it all. So let's get to it and get to know the man himself. No, not the golfer, although he can certainly play and did have a cameo or two in the movie Ten Cup. Please welcome my pal, Bobby Jones. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> hey, Steve. Where did you get the financial guru stuff? I retired in 2014. It doesn't so. matter, baby. It doesn't matter. You don't lose, you don't lose that status. You don't lose that. You know, you know we've got mutual <laughs> friends. We've got mutual well, friends I'm, I'm that talk about. Hear this and they're going to be die laughing uh, hearing me be a financial guru. They can they die laughing well. all they want, but they're all the ones that told me. So, And, and we know. You know, uh, uh, having conversations and catching up uh, before we've done this interview, just the amount of information that processes through your mind uh, is just, it amazes me, <laughs> you know? So so I want to first start talking about, there's going to be so many avenues we're going to explore in this. So the first thing I want to know before we get started and talk about What's going on in the world, the effect of COVID-19, uh, Goppers Against Cancer, which I want to spend a lot of time talking about the incredible research that you guys are responsible for and the beneficiaries. We're going to dig so far into that. It's crazy. But what I do want to know is sort of where you grew up, what your folks do, you know, you know, where are you from? Where, what were your wonder years like? <laughs> 
Well, I'm kind of a weird duck. Uh, I was an Army brat, and I think you know this. I was born in Osaka, Japan, and my my daughter, even when she was a little girl, looked at me and said, Dad, you don't look Japanese. So I was born in Osaka, Japan, <laughs> and my dad was uh, stationed with the U.S. Army, and he'd also had been in Korea, but he was also a liaison officer to the Japanese Army. And we also had a lot of Japanese people when I came back to the States that after uh, getting back to the States for a short while in Fort Belvoir, Virginia, where Dad was stationed, then we went to Nancy, France, uh, which is kind of the Alsace Lorraine uh, uh, part of France, then to Garmisch, uh, Germany, uh, Garmisch Partenkirchen, which is 30 miles south of uh, of Munich, and it's magnificent. They had, when I was there, it was right after they'd had the 1956 Olympics, so one of my babysitters was a real famous Olympic, Olympic skier. Uh, came back to my dad's hometown, which was Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, and that's where all the rockets were. And uh, oh, yeah. my family, yeah. my, well, my family was literally, I think, maybe the second group of settlers in Huntsville. And I think that was goes back to 1804. And to kind of get in my plug on Mississippi, because I know many of your listeners are you know, interested in Mississippi, uh, my mother was born in Hattiesburg. Uh, I've got family about 30 miles north of you called the Westerfields up in Marigold, Mississippi. Oh, I love and it. I, well, and right before I, I knew this call was coming up, and I've got to tell you something. Uh, my dad, after he retired from the Army, he was with uh, part of the Department of Commerce called the Economic Development Administration. He was responsible for helping particularly small towns get uh, jobs and help industry. And one of his good friends, uh, literally was the mayor of Pontotoc, Mississippi, which you know well, pretty close yeah. to Oxford. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one of the first things he funded was the factory uh, that became the Route Ram Golf Corporation, which uh, I was always pretty impressed uh, because Tom Watson was literally the mm-hmm. first one to endorse Ram, wow. and that was way way back when. So anyway, my ties to Mississippi are probably as strong, if not stronger, than Alabama. So. Carry on, pal. From Japan to Miss- Alabama, back to Mississippi. You know, our kids, we used to take them when they were young from Nashville when we were our days there. We'd run them down the highway uh, just south of us to Huntsville and, and, and do that. They loved just looking at those rockets. You know, they were, it, they were in such awe. I can still see their faces kind of looking up going like, wow, you know, <laughs> that one, big, that one big rocket that sits there. Yeah, have they ever seen Space Camp, the movie, which was all filmed at Huntsville? Well, I don't know. They probably have. Uh, there was a lot of Dumbo and a lot of Disney stuff going on when we were growing up. And SpongeBob and and the what was the purple the purple guy the uh, what was that purple? Uh, what is wrong with me? Anyway, you know it was, it was crazy. All right, so we're talking to Bobby Jones. Bobby, that is so cool. Okay, let's get into how you ended up getting into the whole finance world in the first place. Do you go off, do you go to college? you go to, where'd you go? Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, growing up in Huntsville, Alabama, you know, it's kind of like whether somebody's a Republican or a Democrat, you're either a University of Alabama or you're Auburn. And, uh, and literally everybody in my high school is going to go to one or the other. And because my dad was doing all this traveling, uh, one of the trips I took to, and then the summers he would travel all over the place and he'd have to work. And usually he'd just drop me off at a golf course, and I'd play golf, and then he'd pick me up after he'd done all his work that day. But he, he took me to Tallahassee for one of his meetings, and I think I was, I think I was probably 16, maybe 15. 
and man, there were palm trees in Tallahassee, Florida. Can you believe it? <laughs> and there's this university, Florida State University, which really wasn't, it was a great school, so don't get me wrong, but it wasn't what it was today. And but and and, the, and originally it was a women's college. So even at that point in time, I think there were three girls to every one boy. And I, you know, I'm not dumb. You no, know, that's why you went. Street. Yeah, yeah, I get well, it. Well, it had a little. <laughs> it had a little bit to do with my decision process. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So uh, you graduate and you go get your master's. You get right to the workforce, workplace. Uh, what happened? It's kind of funny. I was probably not the greatest student in the first two years. And I fell in love with a girl named Susan Miller. We got married uh, at the end of our junior year when we both turned 21. And uh, and our son was born two days before our first wedding anniversary. And most of the members of our family can count. And they knew that, okay, we got married three months before. So, you know, so anyway, uh, <laughs> I, knew, I knew I had to go to work. At the time, too, I graduated, what, in... God, 1975, Steve, and, and it was really kind of a bad economy. And there'd been some problems on Wall Street and also all over the place. And frankly, I was, originally I thought I would go to law school, but lawyers weren't making as much money as accountants were. Huh. And so I literally was a pretty good student, and pretty much all the uh, accounting firms offered me jobs all over the place. And the place, and again, I, I'm not allowed to make decisions. You need to talk to Susan, and uh, we decided she was in fact, some of the firms would take her on the interviews along with me to try it because they kind of knew she was going to make the decision. We picked Raleigh, North Carolina. So we <laughs> moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. I think Susan at the time was maybe three months pregnant or something like that. So we're <laughs> going to Raleigh, North Carolina, and that's literally where I started my business career. And so was it like at Ernst & Young? or I mean, where'd you start? Well, at the time, it was called Pete Morgan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, now called KPMG, and literally all the accounting right. firms. Back when I was in there, it was called the Big Seven, and I, I, I don't even know how many big what's, or they've all merged together, and they're very good at what they do. And mine was a great firm, and uh, I literally specialized mostly in banking and ethanol for the first year or two. And then I think for the last year, I was nothing but a tax guy. And, um, uh, and I, I kind of enjoy, I'm more of a geek, and you know me, I love, if somebody says something I don't know anything about, I like to research, so tax was a real good area for me, and frankly, I'm better at helping clients than auditing them, and nothing, auditing is very important, but I love finding some way legally and ethically and everything else that I can save them some money, so that the tax was right up my alley. We're talking to Bobby Jones here in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm glad we got to understand the background of such a wonderful man. We're going to talk some of these numbers right now and some of the struggles people are going with with the PPP and the SBA loans and all that because uh, I have a feeling he's got a pretty cool grasp on it. And uh, don't forget, guys, go to visitmississippi.org to plan your next getaway. I don't think we're going to be flying all over the world like we used to, so you need to just come to Mississippi and check out our culture, our history, our art. We got it going on. We'll be right back. <laughs> In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Steve Azar with my man Bobby Jones in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. I'm not talking about the great amateur golfer, although he is a good amateur golfer. And we have a lot of fun 
Uh, we're guys. I know you're all going through it. We're going through it. We're all in the same boat together. Just reminding you, go to, you know where to go. Go to visitmississippi.org to see all the cool things. You know, we've even got country trail markers, which I'm on one of them. I'm so flattered and so honored, number 32. You know, we just did uh, Jerry Lee Lewis's number 34. Uh, there's so many cool things. You can just kind of skirt around parts of Mississippi, et cetera, and, and even go into Bristol, Tennessee, and beyond. And uh, you can uh, also do the Blues Trail. All started by the state of Mississippi and on and on. Go online to check it out. Hey, Bobby, give me the 101 version of the PPP and the uh, SBA loans that's, that's going down. And obviously there's been a little bit of uh, just a little hiccups here and there. Uh, what's your take on it all when it comes out in the wash? Uh, in all honesty, Steve, uh, my take's much more, I don't like politics, right or left or anything else. What I try to do, and literally I've been spending for the last, what, 15 days, nothing but writing facts down. And literally the first bill that went through the original PPP, uh, I started studying it when it passed the Senate because I knew it might get tweaked a little bit. Well, lo and behold, by Friday it was a law. You know, and it went through a little bit of change in 48 hours, but not much. And literally that was the first $350 billion for small business. And uh, literally the small business money, small business is defined as somebody that's making, with 500 employees and less, and $350 billion was going to get out first come, first serve. Mm -hmm. So you had to literally get in line. It's kind of, I was trying to describe it to somebody. It's like, you know, if you're getting ready to go over a, a drawbridge and the drawbridge comes up, you, you've got to stop there. And literally, there's tons of people in line, and I think, and again, I'm no expert. I've I just, I've looked at it. I started studying the bill. In fact, you know, I sent it to you, and it's not going to change. It's going to be passed tomorrow. It's $484 billion. $322 billion will go straight to small business based on where, where they were in the application process uh, when the money cut out last Thursday morning, at literally at 9 a.m. There's also a neat one, and I've talked to you about this yesterday. There's $60 billion for small businesses that have been affected by disaster. And what that is, the small restaurant owners, when this first stuff hit on COVID-19, they were trying to do delivery, keep their people safe. And frankly, if they weren't paying attention, they missed out. And none of us want to see our small restaurants and our local Oh, towns. no. Gosh, you're right. And so that's really... They opened another $60 billion, not the same as the $322 billion, literally to go directly to restaurants, mostly. And what they really did is gave a new lane for them. There's also $75 billion for the, the hospital with $25 billion going strictly for testing. And right now, testing is a big deal, and the uh, capacity for testing is growing rapidly. So, I, and there, you know, the, you know, Anyway, that money will be available tomorrow. And so I, and I'm no expert, you know, and the big thing I've been telling my friends is, listen, get with your accountant and get with your bank. And literally you have to go through whoever your existing bank was. And they're kind of doing the study of who got the money in the last batch of money, the first $350 billion. And I was amazed to find out that 60% uh, of the money going to small business came through banks of $10 billion in assets and less. So that meant the big, huge banks, basically the national bank literally didn't get much money for their clients and and you know you know i don't care you know to criticize anybody but if i was a client and i wanted to get money and they weren't ready 
and weren't paying attention, I'd be mad. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know it and I know it. You know, there's businesses getting shuttered right now. And we're going to have a new norm going forward, Steve. You know, and, and to me, to me, this reminds me a lot of 9-11. And yeah. you know this, back then I worked in New York City. And I was at Macrahanners when 9-11 hit, so I was literally stuck. In uh, the literally, if you think of Scotland as being remote, um, this place called Macrahanners, you can literally see the end of the earth from, from there. <laughs> you, see, right. you, know, the, you can see Northern Ireland. You, you couldn't be stuck in a more remote place when all the people I worked with were in downtown New York City, and you couldn't communicate. This is before iPhones or Internet. or Well, Internet was there, but we didn't know how to use it. And, uh, and and I can remember calling my wife, and she was in Houston with my kids, and there were jets flying over Houston because we didn't know. We knew of terrorism after a couple of days, and uh, and we're all scared like that. But, you know, I know a little bit about the medical side, again, just by paying attention to the facts. And, you know, it's going to be rocky a little bit, but, uh, what is it? thank God we've got research. You know, yeah. like, and I, I think... You know, very much like 9-11, if you can get through six months, what I say is play defense right now. By that, keep yourself safe. Don't go within six feet of people. Uh, do all the things they're asking you to do and don't argue whether you want to or don't do it. Basically, it's not because you're trying to protect yourself. It's trying to protect your loved ones around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we've had pandemics like this before, and SARS is the one everybody thinks about, but the big one was the Spanish flu. Uh, literally in 1917, 1918, I think that caught, killed something like 20 million people, something like that. Again, please study the statistics because I'm not always right. And uh, well, I'm I'm, I'm always wrong. I mean, I you know, musing in my interview, I I whip out when I go statistics or dates, it's over. I'm never right. I mean, I'm just awful. I'm awful. My listeners are going, here goes Steve again. He's not even on the right page. He's in the wrong book. He's got the wrong dates. But I usually, you know, I've gotten in trouble from Steve, Coach Steve Mariucci. I remember he's like, he like put me, made me do like 70 push-ups. He said, stop for a second. I need you to do 70 push-ups. And you go run around, run around your neighborhood twice and then come back to me. You know, it was one of those well, you things. Know, <laughs> the, the, the problem we've got now is we used to be able to get in an argument with about three or four people and say, y'all, oh, that's wrong. Now they've got these Google things where they can be sitting there right next to you and you'll say something stupid and you'll say, and they'll say, that's wrong. And I'll say, no, I'm sure it's right. And then they Google something and they hand it over to me and then I'll shut up and say, yeah, okay, I'll Google. Else. What does Google know? <laughs> what does Google know? We're talking to Bobby Jones. Bobby, let's talk about this agriculture incentive that's going on. You say that a lot of people just don't know about, a lot of farmers don't know about. Well, I called you and I yeah. called a lot of people in Florida. And basically, it was not something that was done by Congress. And again, I'm no expert, but, you know, uh, $19 billion was approved to basically give to agriculture. Basically, this is a farm. I don't care if you're a rancher, if you're growing anything that can be eaten. In fact, yesterday we helped a farm that had cucumbers that were literally going to rot in the ground while people were starving. And uh, so out of that $19 billion, $3 billion will literally get any food and be distributed by uh, we've got a wonderful food kitchen uh, called Second Harvest here in Orlando, and they literally got the heads up. And so we're feeding people with food, and there's also some parts of it. Again, talk to your bank. If you're a farmer and, you know, again, you know, if you grow vegetables, if you've got cattle, 
basically they were trying to protect the farm. And uh, again, I don't like getting politics, but man, if you're not paying attention, you know, you could literally own your farm outright, pay all the loans off to the bank, is the way I read Steve. And again, I just tell them to go talk to your accountant, but also talk to your bank. And right now, the banking relationship is the key to everything. Oh, I agree. So, uh, I love my relationship with my bank, my guarantee bank. Good, they're they're good. awesome. They're dear pals of mine, and uh, and they're you know they uh, I trust them totally, and and uh, a long time relationship. So it's it's deep rooted. So you're right about that. I love how you say you're no expert at all this. But so what does that make me when uh, when you say that? I mean, I feel like I'm just not smart at all. Just not well, smart. Steve, have I done anything <laughs> other than send you what I read <laughs> and nothing with any opinions from me? And I know you real well. Again, we're family friends. Steve knows, and this is full disclosure, he knows me well, but he knows my kids well. Uh, my my son-in-law, Jason Granich, with another Kiwi, came to Steve's Delta Blue, Delta Soul. Isn't that Delta Soul? I know. Yes, Larry Gotten Tournament ch- Charity Event. Yeah. Yep. And they are a part of Steve's family. They couldn't believe when they showed up there and with all these celebrities, Steve said, come on out to dinner with us tonight. And they're like, and they still brag about it. So, you know, they're the biggest Steve Azar fans <laughs> in the world. And Aww. this is my family. And so I know about Steve's family. I know about a filmmaker that may go to Arkansas. And I know we know each other very well. Yeah. All right, we're with my man, Bobby Jones. We're going to talk golfers against cancer and talk about what you just brought up, research, 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 something you guys have been such a huge part in to just really uh, dig deep into uh, cancer first and foremost. But I want to, you know, relate it to what's going on today because I know you guys are and your doctors and your researchers are involved now with a whole lot via this new norm. We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm with my man, Bobby Jones. Don't forget to go to visit Mississippi.org to find out all the cool things that you can do right here in our great state. Time will be on our side very soon. Bobby, you get to play DJ into the break. I know you love music. We are the birthplace of American music. We are. Would you like to hear Albert King or Jimmy Buffett? Uh, Buffett. Buffett, that's the quickest I've ever heard. Buffett from Florida. You got it. (laughs) Well, we still claim him on the Gulf Coast. We're in a Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Flying down that levee road. Steve Azar, I'm with the Bobby Jones. Yes, he was in Ten Cup. Yes, he played a cameo just out because he lived on the golf course. And uh, we played that golf course. And uh, it was pretty cool. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org to plan your next getaway. When they let us out, they will. I promise you. Bobby, I want to talk about golfers against cancer now. This, to me, is unbelievable. 
Did we start in Houston? And obviously, our man Scott Pearson is is doing his thing in Denver. Uh, our uh, uh, Jeff Farley's doing it in Huntington Beach. I mean, this thing has really grown. And what you guys have been able to accomplish, and the impact on families that I've seen personally, including my friend and Jackson Billy Joe, who you guys were able to send to the to MD Anderson and get a real diagnosis. Uh, that changed his life and saved his life. There's just so many things. But the stories that I've seen, every time I sit there, I'm a mouth wide open like, well, that's incredible. You guys have, are doing things that really nobody knows about unless you're very sick. So take me back to how you guys created Golfers Against Cancer and what you're doing. I want our folks to hear about it. Okay. Well, th- th- this is kind of the cool story. Um uh... I was a member of Deer, Deerwood Golf Club, which is outside of Houston. It's just a golf club. There's no swimming pool. There's no tennis courts. It's just a golf club. And it's kind of an eclectic golf club because, you know, we've got a lot of big-time CEOs. But we've got um, one guy that I love. is a guy named Harry Bradstreet. And Harry's got to be 70-something, maybe older, maybe 80-something. But he sold encyclopedias with Willie Nelson. You know, I think when Willie and, and Harry were maybe 18 or 19 or 20 trying to make a buck, I mean, it's and whatever you are, nobody cares, in all honesty. You better play square. If somebody's a cheater, you know, they're pretty much ass out of the club pretty quick. <laughs> but other than that, it's just a golf club. And uh, we had a group called the Saturday Morning Group, which was about 20 of us. And there was a guy named Dave Roberts, who I love dearly, who was kind of, I called him the colonel. So as you well know, Steve, I tend to give somebody a nickname, and I can usually stick it on somebody. And so, and everybody loved because He directed all of us. We were not allowed to play together. He would pick who would play with each other, and you could not say, I want this foursome every Saturday. No. If you didn't want to play with whoever he assigned you to, you didn't play. And so it really got some really oddball pairings. And we, it was kind of fun because opposites attract, and we all fell in love with each other. This was like 20 guys. And our families then after that. So anyway, David battled a couple of cancers before, and uh, I kind of helped him get to Scotland, you know, and he kind of recovered from them. And, and I think he had melanoma, and I think he had prostate, which is pretty common. Uh, and I'm not trying to lighten it up, but he, he recovered from that. But then, after, and he loves Scotland with his wife, Sally, who's, who's a dear friend of ours, too, and has now passed on, too. But uh, anyway, he loves Scotland. But the first trip, I got him to uh, Barrick, North Barrick, I think a couple other courses. But the place he always wanted to go to was my club in Scotland called Macrahannish. And Macrahannish is totally the end of the world. And, uh, and it's an old-time Morris golf course, 1876. And so all he could wait couldn't wait to go to Macrahannish. And, um, but we knew that something had happened with Dave. He was kind of sick for a week, but he still kept coming out. But I knew something was going on. And Dave, one day in the Deerwood golf uh, parking lot, and he was a very private guy, uh, and it was kind of quiet, which is not Dave Roberts-like, and said, Bobby, I'm not going to make it to Macrahannish. And uh, I said, what's what? what he said, I've got esophageal cancer, which is a little bit kind of like pancreatic. It's one that mm, yeah. you don't find it until it's really late, Steve, so there's right. not enough time to treat it. And usually by the time you find it, it spreads to metastasize to other parts of the body. So, uh, And I was devastated. And the reason I was so devastated was a young assistant pro there at Deerwood was kind of Mike Longpray. 
and he had had brain surgery, uh, you know, glioblastoma in the brain, and uh, and you know, I kept asking the guys that work with them, club, how's Mike's doing? I, I didn't even know it at the time, and they didn't say anything. So, well, who's called him? Nobody had called him. And uh, his wife Sarah is my dear friend to this day, uh, and very active with office against cancer, as you might imagine, helping pick projects right. for us on the beneficiary committee. And you know Sarah, obviously, right? I do. But anyway, uh, I called Mike's house, and I knew he was real sick, and I didn't want to bother him, but I also wanted to see what was up with him. And you know, I, and anyway, I think his father answered the phone, and his mom and father, who are dear friends to this day, had come in from Wyoming to take care of Mike, and uh, said, would it be all right if I just came by to see Mike for five minutes? He said, sure. Uh, I think Mike would like that. I'll, I'll, if, if there's anything wrong, I'll call and tell you. And I think it was at 3.30 in the afternoon. I can remember the day. And uh, anyway, I came over. I bought him a master's book. It was a week before the master's. So we that, that must mean it's the last week in March. Uh, or the first week in April, then on the year. Uh, but anyway, I brought him the master's book, and you know, with a, a name like Bobby Jones, you can you can ride the coattails yeah. of a much better golfer. But anyway, I gave him the book to Mike, kind of asked him how he was doing, and you could tell, you know, he still had all the scars and the bandages from the surgery. And you know, I was really nice. I knew I didn't want to stay too long because I knew he had to be tired and I know you know you were having to take all the treatments afterwards and um, but I did enough and Mike seemed to be Mike and it, it, this was the nicest guy in the world so anyway I, I thanked him and his dad kind of came out as I was going back to my car he said Bobby you don't know what this means I said what are you talking about Don I'm, I was glad to do it I just wanted to see everything he said uh, this is the first time Mike has dressed and gotten downstairs in three months and I said, well, that's great. I'll come back. Let's just schedule you know, once a week. And so I really didn't want what happened to Mike Longpray, where people, you know, back then people, if you had cancer, it was almost like uh, it was infectious, and obviously you know it's not. But people don't, they're scared to reach out to people when they need help. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so anyway, I didn't want that to happen to Dave Roberts. And Dave uh, knew that we started golf against cancer for him. Right. But Mike bravely had gotten well by the time we had our first tournament, and that was in 1997. And what happened was me and a couple of my buddies at Deerwood, really, uh, and it was really my wife's idea, and Steve knows all this. She was saying, okay, I was really kind of moping about this stuff. And I was really, it was just really, I was sad. For a yeah, while. It was heavy on you. Right, right, right. Of course. I driving me nuts is what it was really doing, Steve. And Susan said, well, if you feel that way, do something about it. Yeah. And so that's... <laughs> Here's the song. That was it, <laughs> well, and, and frankly, I think she was saying, you know, uh, put up or shut up. Yeah. Want to, and that's literally what she taught me to do. And so I got with some buddies, uh, a real good friend named Everett Bernal, who's a golf buddy of mine from Deerwood. And what we decided, listen, let's make this thing real simple. I'm going to have a dinner, and I'll pay for it. No, Everett said, no, I'll pay it with you. My family and your family, nobody needs to know it. We'll pay all the expenses, so anything we raise will go straight to cancer research. And uh, I think we might have had a one-day tournament. Again, we're all volunteers, and you know this. We don't have any paid employees after 24 years. And we get it. And, that, and we had a lot of people say, oh, you'll never be able to pull this out. And we didn't care. It was kind of my wife said, if we pay all the expenses, we make 10 bucks. It's 10 bucks more than they ever had. And so that first year, we raised $80,000. Yeah, I know. At a dinner. And again, 
our wives were kind of, and our wives helped us a little bit. They kind of were watching, helping us more on the menu for the dinner, which we weren't very good at. But uh, but basically, it was, it was yeah, because of, you guys were going to go steak and baked potato like all guys are going to do. Second of all, I love it that your wife, like my wife, said, "Put up or shut up." What is it about having a great woman in your life that always goes? Okay, and also my wife likes to sing Gloria Days when I start talking about my <laughs> state championship or, or whatever. She goes, here we go again. <laughs> they always keep us straight, but they always navigate us to where we want to go, um, and they sort of force, us, force our hand, and I love that about, about that. We're going to take a break real quick and then wrap it up for today, but I'm having a strange feeling. I'm going to want to really dig into more of the actual stories, the ones that impacted so I'm going to invite you for another day and do a back-to-back because uh, I, I really want to spend time on that and let our people hear the incredible stories that, you know, the lives you guys have affected, the families you guys have kept together as a whole because of all the incredible research you've been doing. I'm with my man Bobby Jones. We are in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. He is a beautiful man. Don't forget to go to visit Mississippi.org to route your next vacation. You don't have to go that far. You don't have to fly all over the world. You can stay right here or come right here. If you're in Maine, I know exactly the route. I'll put you. I, I, I bust from Mississippi to Maine, Mississippi to Oregon. It doesn't matter. I've been a bus my whole life. And uh, trust me, you can get there with wills. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Highway 61. beginnings all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Wrapping up a Mississippi Minute with my man Bobby Jones in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute. We're rolling down that highway. Feels good. Feels good. Well, go to visit Mississippi.org, everybody. Please, to check out all that we have to offer. It is incredible. I mean, come on. Jim Henson and the Muppets. That's all I have to ever have to say. Elvis Presley. I mean, come on. B.B. King. I'll keep going. William Alexander Percy. William Faulkner. Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones, you like that? Hey, Bobby, uh, take me to... uh, So I was in Denver last year. I was with our boy Scott Pearson doing the Goppers Against Cancer event. And the guy that they were featuring as the one that speaks, they have somebody speak, they had a kid speak one year. And it was just, I mean, mean, I'm telling you, I was wet. 
I mean, it was the most beautiful thing, and just seeing his mom and 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 what you guys have contributed. So when the doctor gets up there and explains in a simple way that even I can understand, you know what I'm saying? What exactly you guys, the money that, that you gave his research team, and you're sitting there going, wow. I mean, it really puts it in perspective. It makes sense. And, I, and I'm going like, uh, that's awesome. But then when the, the beneficiary themselves get up and they tell their story, this guy had, he had, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. He just became an empty nester with his bride. He was ready to, to ride off in the sunset with her. And he finds out he has lung cancer and he's never smoked. What the first thing he said was, there are more people that get lung cancer that don't smoke that do. And I was like, come on. Then he said that, that he, so he was unlucky in that regard, but he was fortunate and lucky because of a gene he had that allowed this one particular research drug that would work for him that you guys help a research company, uh, just, you know, uh, to come up with. And it's been five or six years. He takes his pills in the morning. There's zero chemo and he feels incredible. Yep. And it's gone. He says it's just not there right now. So, uh, that's one of the stories that I heard that blew my mind. You see these all the time and you're talking $25 million already. You guys have been able to raise and give away. That's a number. And you talk about how you guys decide on who gets it. It's almost like, to me, the most renegade research doctors you guys are sort of, you sort of got a thing for because you, I think you see their brilliance. Well, we're trying to get breakthroughs, Steve. You know, and frankly, if something's already been proven, we're not interested. Uh, and again, because they're getting money already. We're trying to fund the stuff that'll get a lot more money and start another lane toward a, toward a cure. And, uh, and this is kind of bragging, too, so I apologize. Brag, please. One of the guys in immunotherapy at MD Anderson, uh, which is another great research facility in, in uh, Houston, who's been with us you know, forever, uh, we started funding him in the same area that Houston Methodist made the breakthrough. And you'll like this because his name's Jim Allison. He's Dr. Jim Allison, very famous researcher. And he was our golfers against cancer person of the year for 2018, and you want to know what other honor he got that same year? What? Nobel Prize for Medicine for Immunotherapy, which was originally kind of at least helped funded by us, and he was very honored for, I'm sure he liked the Nobel Medicine Prize, but I think he was pretty pleased about being the Office Against Cancer person of the year, too. And, uh, so I mean, it's funny, and you and I have talked about this before, but, you know, it's funny how you do something good in the past, and today it's helping in a way we never thought it would help, and maybe with this virus. But uh, and kind of to take it a step further, I really think doing good today, and it doesn't have to be cancer research. It might be calling and reaching out to somebody that needs help. You know, you probably have people in your community that are single and scared. Just give them a call. You don't have to do any social distancing, you know, just do something to help somebody. Right. And frankly, I think uh, tomorrow's going to be better. But the more we help today safely, the more tomorrow's going to be brighter, I mean, for all of us. Yeah. And we're going to think of this as kind of, you know, the time that we really prove we're Americans, we love each other, and uh, we'll get through this. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Well, listen, pal. As you call everybody, I call on my friends, pal. I get that. And as Jim McMahon calls his kid, we're kid. He's everybody's a right. kid. Uh, I thank Jim you. 
Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you spending a, a, a complete Mississippi minute with me. Uh, we r- rolled down that highway pretty dang good. I want to do it again. Can I invite you back? Is that cool? Sure. Just let me know when, and I'll I'll uh, I'll technically try to see if I can set myself up where I don't mess it up. You gonna clear the schedule <laughs> for me? Yeah, anytime. I just need to know when. Yeah, you got. Yeah, it. I promise. You, I know. We've been with Bobby Jones in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm Steve Azar in the Mississippi Minute. Go to visitmississippi.org to plan it all. Chart it. Chart your next destination after destination. We are one cool place. I'm Steve Azar in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. times and my friends at Guarantee Bank believe in every crisis there lies an opportunity. Use this time to plan for the future as life returns to normal. It always does. Stay safe, help those in need or who are struggling with the effects of the crisis. Stay six feet apart and wash your hands. Let Guarantee Bank make this chaotic time a little less stressful. They have a full menu of electronic self-service options that allow you to make deposits transfer money, pay bills, check balances, and much more from your phone or computer. If you'd like to talk to a Guarantee Bank member at your branch, they're available from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. The phone number is 800-847-7454. Stay safe and stay healthy. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.